welcome to the True Tabernacle podcast channel. We hope that you find encouragement and inspiration during one of our sermons, discussions, or interviews. For more information regarding our faith community, connect with us on Facebook at our True Tabernacle page. And while you're at it, hit subscribe to this channel to stay connected. God we serve. Amen. Even when I wasn't faithful, he was faithful. Amen. Regardless of how I felt, God has always been there. Amen. What a friend. What a Savior. Amen. What a mighty God we serve. Amen. To live a blessed life. Amen. In the presence of God, there's nothing like this relationship with the Lord. Amen. Whether you're at the beginning or halfway or somewhere along this journey, I mean, encourage you to just keep putting it in low gear and keep pressing on. Keep going. God is always faithful. Amen. He's always there. Amen. He truly will always be there for you. Amen. What a mighty God we serve. What a presence of the Lord in this place. Amen. For those of you that look on your calendar, I know I'm not the one that's supposed to be up here this morning. But by chance. Amen. God is good. Amen. Uh, I was asked Friday if I could switch. Sure. We'll switch. Amen. I'm just going to teach what I was going to teach college and career class, but that's all right. Amen. God is good. I'm thankful for the Lord, thankful for a relationship with the Lord. Last time I was up here, we talked about Psalms 40. We're going to be in Psalms 1. Amen. So if you could turn to Psalm 1. Amen. For all our visitors, I welcome you here on behalf of Pastor Sister Hyde Ball and the church. We welcome you here at the True Tabernacle on this Sunday morning to worship with us. Amen. And to be in the mighty presence of God this morning. Amen. Uh, nothing like a relationship with the Lord. Nothing like it. Amen. To know that He never gives up on us. He never gives up on us. He's always there, just waiting to hear that cry. He's always there. Psalms 1, we're going to read the whole thing. The word of the Lord says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord 
and his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Amen. If you'll allow me for a few minutes this morning, speak on this subject, a blessed life. A blessed life. Amen. We put our Bibles down, lift up our hands, and let's ask the Lord to bless this word this morning. Lord, we love and we praise you. Lord, we thank you for heart and a mind to be here, Lord, for desire to be in your presence, Lord, and what a presence we have felt this morning, Lord. I just pray, Lord, that you touch each and every one of us, Lord. Open up our hearts and our minds, Lord, to your word, Lord Jesus, to your spirit, Lord Jesus. Lord, as we submit ourselves to you, Lord, as we humbly come before you this morning, Lord, asking, Lord, for you to touch and to move and to minister, Lord Jesus. Let us leave here different than what we came, Lord Jesus. Lord, knowing that we've been into your presence, Lord Jesus. Lord, and then every time we get in your presence, it's life-changing, Lord. Lord, I've never been able to go into your presence and leave the same way that I walked in, Lord. I just pray, Lord, that you just touch and strengthen, Lord, those that need strength. Lord, give guidance to those that need guidance this morning, Lord Jesus. Lord, help us, Lord, to continue on our journey, Lord, to submit and surrender ourselves to you, holy Lord Jesus. Not to be just hearers of your word, Lord, but to be doers also, Lord. We give you all honor and we give you all glory, Lord, and thank you, Lord, and ask for you to continue to bless. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Be seated in Jesus' name. Psalm 1, the most... The most famous sermon of Jesus, amen, is the Sermon on the Mount from Matthew the 5th chapter to Matthew the 7th chapter, amen. There exists a pretty strong argument that the first psalm provided the scriptural basis for that sermon. Both Psalm 1 and the Sermon on the Mount focus around the blessedness of the individual that serves God. Both passages describe the attitude and the actions of a true child of God. Amen. In both places, we find the description of the ideal character, the influence, the conduct, and the destiny of a person who would follow Jesus. The Sermon on the Mount closes with the description of the destiny of humans. Those who both hear and heed the word of God. Like the best man described in Psalm 1, are likened to a wise man who built his house on the rock foundation. His house was stable and secure in a time of testing. Amen. Built his, rock, built his house upon a rock. Amen. That relationship, that firm foundation, that chief cornerstone, that anchor. Amen. I've been saying this a lot. The Lord has been <laughs> dealing with me about this a lot. Amen. To have a true relationship with the Lord means that we need to be walking in the Word of God. Living our lives according to the Word of God. Amen. That's the foundation. 
Amen. That chief cornerstone, his word, amen, the example that he gave to us, amen, to build our house upon the scriptures, amen. Even Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments, amen, build our house upon the word of God, amen. Everything that we do should be towards being in his presence, yielding ourselves to him, denying ourselves, picking up our cross and following him, amen, dying out to the things of this world. Throughout scripture, it's, it's very evident, it's very heavy that we are called to come out and be separated from the things of this world. Amen. To give ourselves wholly unto God. Fully. You know, just giving ourselves, building our, our house and our foundation upon the word of God, his, his scriptures. Amen. And separating from the things of this world. Amen. But those who hear but refuse to heed the word of God like the ungodly man described in Psalms 1, 4 through 6, are likened to a foolish man who built his house upon the sand. Amen. And in the time of testing, he will discover that his foundation is not secure and everything that he's built on will crumble and fall. Amen. When you're built upon a firm foundation and trials and, and troubles come, amen, when that big bad wolf comes and he huffs and puffs and tries to blow your house down, your house is going to stand. Amen, because you're anchored upon the word of God. You're not tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. You're anchored to the word of God because you have a relationship with him. And you continue to press, but if you don't have that relationship and a big bad wolf comes and he huffs and he puffs and your house is just totally destroyed because the relationship you have was more of, I can look the part, I feel the part, I see the part. But you're not living the part. Amen. And it's all for nothing. We are called to be wise and not foolish. Amen. In the time of testing, we discover that his foundation is not secure and that everything he is built upon, it crumbles, it falls. Amen. We need to have that relationship with the Lord. He is faithful to us. We just sung about it. He's faithful. Amen. He is our strength. He's our refuge and our strength in the time of trouble. Amen. He puts a hedge of protection around. He covers us. Amen. Psalm 1 represents a portrait of two individuals. The blessed man who guards his direction is careful how he spends his days. Amen. And is selective about his company. Amen. Furthermore, the blessed man loves the word of God and meditates on it day and night. The ungodly man, by contrast, is just the opposite. He walks in the counsel of the ungodly. He stands in the way of sinners. And he sits in the seat of the scornful. Instead of being secure and fruitful and happy, he is blown about by the winds of life and finally destroyed because he doesn't have a real relationship with God. Amen. In a few chosen words, the psalmist sketches is two sharply contrasting pictures. Amen. The first picture is of a happy and successful man. The second picture is of a man whose life ends in dismal failure because none of us wants to fail, amen, and all of us long to hear those words, well done, thou good and faithful servant, amen, at the end of our lives, amen. We are going to focus this morning on the five things that the psalmist says are foundational to a blessed life, amen. We all want to hear those words. We're here this morning because we... We want to make it from this world to that world. We want to cross from this shore to that shore. Amen. 
The psalmist describes the blessed man in the first two verses of the psalm. He is successful. His success is found in three things he refused to do. And there's two positive qualities in his life. Amen. The first thing, we'll focus on the three things that he refused. First thing he refused was to walk in the counsel of the ungodly. Amen. The first thing that sticks out to the psalmist in regards to the godly man is that in times of trouble and trial, amen, he doesn't turn to the ungodly for advice. Amen. He doesn't do it. Amen. When he finds his life on shaky ground, when everything around him is complicated and uncertain, he doesn't seek counsel from the ungodly. The wise man recognizes that to seek the advice of those that, who know nothing about pleasing God is tantamount to the building and the leading of the blind. Amen. Why would I seek somebody who's not for God for advice? Amen. Unfortunately, in my lifetime, I've had to go through certain different counselings, amen, through military, you know, through, through different things that they send you to, amen, and I'm so thankful I'm, I'm getting experience from somebody that has been there and done that, right, compared to somebody that has no clue and just has a piece of paper on the wall and says, okay, I graduated, top of my class, and here I'm going to give you advice, but you've never been on the ground you never experienced what I've experienced, amen, and you've never turned to the Lord, amen, and you want to give me advice when I'm struggling in my walk or I'm struggling in life, period, and I need advice that needs, that needs to help lead me to God because he's the author and the finisher of my faith, amen. So why would I turn to somebody that's ungodly for advice when I'm a spiritual being, amen? That makes sense, Amen. The wise man recognizes that to seek the advice of those who know nothing about pleasing God. Amen. It's, again, it's like the blind leading the blind. Deliberately, this blessed person rejects the ideals and the philosophy of the ungodly. Right? He refuses to adopt principles of those who had eliminated God from their very thinking. He understands that the footsteps are ordered by the word of the God and not the lewd wisdom of this world. Amen. The first stop on the roadmap to spiritual success is one that recognizes the inherent spiritual wisdom of the individual that will live in the blessings of God. Amen. That's why it's important to have a man of God in your life. That's why it's important to have a church. Amen. We are spiritual beings. Amen. We need, we need to feed the spirit and not the flesh. Amen. It's easy when we get in times and we get in trouble, we withdraw sometimes. And when you withdraw, you cut yourself off from the spiritual things. And then you want to understand why you're struggling and fighting because you're not feeding, you're feeding more of the flesh than you are more of the spirit. Amen. And you're not growing and you're not going and in, in, in overcoming things the way you need to overcome things. Amen. Because you're feeding the flesh and not the spirit. That's why we need the church. Amen. We need a five-fold ministry. Amen. We need a man of God. We need that word in our lives. Amen. That's why it's important that we get up every morning and read our word. We spend time in prayer. Amen. We're building that firm foundation on a rock. When we do that, that way when we get in times of trouble, we're not, we're not struggling the way we should be struggling or like others are struggling when they don't have a God who's faithful to them in the times of trouble. Amen. He is our refuge and our strength. He is our ever-present help in a time of need. Amen. He's always there. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. Amen. He's there to help pick you up, lift you up. 
amen, and keep you going on. In confusing times and moments of uncertainty, the blessed man recognizes that neither his help nor his direction is going to come from this world. All too often we want to turn our sources outside of the grace of God to seek advice and counsel concerning the right direction for our lives when we are making critical choices. Amen? I'm here to tell you this morning that when you are making decisions that will impact the rest of your life, the church is the place where you should turn to. Amen? You need a man of God. You need to have the relationship with those around you. Amen? That are of precious like faith. That way when you get in trouble, when you get into hard times, I mean, you got somebody there that's going to be there to help pick you up. That's going to give you the word of God to stand upon. Amen? How many times have you, have you prayed and sought answers and it hasn't come, so you partner with somebody and God gives that person a word for you? Amen? And it helps get you right back on that right path. Amen? It helps give you strength because sometimes trying to carry this on your own, it don't work. It beats you down. Amen. Life comes at us hard. Amen. We get fatigued. We get battle worn. Amen. It just wears us down physically and emotionally and mentally. That's why it's time. You got to take time out and plug into God. Spend time in prayer. Get into that word. Surround yourself with people precious like faith. Amen. That way you can draw strength from them. Amen. I haven't seen too many people outside of God that are positive. You know, they're positive about a paycheck. They're positive about what they're going to party on the weekend and all that. I want somebody that's going to help me get to heaven. Amen. That's going to give me a word of encouragement. Amen. I came out of that life. I don't want nothing to do with that life again. Amen. See, when you wrestle with the complexities of life and determine the path that you will travel, the only wise counsel is the counsel that comes from the presence of God. This is the truth that is recognized by the blessed man in Psalms 1. And the foundation of everything else follows in verse 1. The blessed man is bound and determined to put godliness, ungodliness far behind him. He's separating from the things of this world. Don't have time for it. Amen. I got to stay focused. That should be our mindset. Amen. The second thing is he refused to stand in the way of sinners. Now, back when we youth pastor, I had a young person come up and say, well, I don't understand that, Brother Howard. Why wouldn't you want to stand in the way of sinners? Why wouldn't you want to put a roadblock up there? That's not what that's meaning. You don't want to stand in the way. You don't want your beliefs to be the same as their beliefs. It's their ways. You don't want to be in the ways of sinners. Amen. We are to seek no intimacy with them as companions. The second thing is really an outgrowth of the first. He refused to associate with those who were in open rebellion against God. He was careful about who he chose to be his friends. Amen. He was careful about who he spent his time with. Amen. This doesn't mean, amen, that we don't have friends who are not, who are unbelievers. We have friends who are unbelievers. We're surrounded by people every day. We're to show ourselves friendly. We're to be a witness every day. Amen. And it's all right to friend some, but when they start dragging you down, that's time to cut the cord and say, move on. I don't have time for that. Amen. If they're impacting your life more than you're impacting their life, then there's something wrong. Amen. So you have to part ways there. And that is true sometimes when it comes to family members as well. Amen. If they're dragging you down, hey, I ain't got time for that. Amen. I got a different purpose. I got a different mindset. I got a different agenda. Amen. I'm pressing on. I'm, 
we're going to keep on going on. Amen? But what it does mean is that he was careful to avoid close relationships with those who were blatantly defiant when in the ways of God. He was careful to recognize that some friendships is cultivated, if cultivated, would influence his life, causing him to drift away from God. And that's what we want to stay away from. Again, I go back, if they're having more influence on you than you're having more influence on them, you need to cut it and hightail, amen, and dig into the Word of God, amen, and, and build that relationship. See, he actively avoided those relationships. He understood that there is no fellowship between light and darkness. He understood that there are certain spirits and attitudes that are negative impact on you spiritually, amen. There's a lot of good people, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of good unbelievers, all right? But good don't get you to heaven, amen? It will not get you to heaven. You know, we need to associate with those who, who when times get hard, are built upon that firm foundation, amen? Who have a walk with God as well, amen? The good thing about the church is we balance each other out, amen? We, we lift each other. We bring each other up. Where I'm weak, you're strong. Where I'm strong, you're weak. You know, we have that balance, and that's how this works. That's why we need the fellowship with believers. That way we can level each other out. That way we can get through this, this path of life here on earth, which is just temporary, amen, and make it to heaven. We need each other. You know, we need that unity, you know, to be a precious light faith, to be there for one another. Do we always going to agree? No. Families don't even always agree. Amen. But we love each other. Amen. In spite of our faults. Amen. And we just continue to encourage and work on each other to lift each other and build each other. To stay on that straight and narrow path. You know, to avoid that broad path. You know, sometimes you got to have that hard conversation. You know, or say, hey, you know what, man? You're really getting out there, man. Your attitude sometimes, well, you better get in check. You need to find your way to the altar. You know, you need to pray through, you know, it gets there. I'm fighting hard, you know, I got a, I got a situation, man, I'm mad. You know, I'm hurt, I'm mad. But you know what, I got God. And I got others telling me, man, just keep going. Just keep going, it's going to get better. Put your trust in God, you know. Be angry and sin not. I haven't done anything where I've had to repent. Amen. I have done nothing that I've had to ask for forgiveness. Amen. But I'm going to put it to you like this. I have done separated and put somebody very, very close to me. I'm done. I am done with you. So you can move on. I'm done. I mean, I share that with you for this. There are certain people in your life that you may have to say, I'm done. I'm just done with you. You know, I'm not going to go through this roller coaster ride every three months or whatever it is. You coming up with some drama, this or that, trying to drag me down. I got my mind set on heaven. Heaven is my go, and that's where I'm going. I don't have time for the foolishness. Amen. And sometimes you just have to separate and understand that's the way it is. I'm done. Amen. Because I want to hear the words, well done, thou good and faithful servant. So in order to do that, I have to say I'm done on this end in order to hear I'm well done on this end. Amen. Amen. That was ain't in my notes. I'm sorry for going there. Amen. 
But I'm preaching more to myself this morning than probably am you. Amen? Because it's a blessed life, a separated life. Amen? This journey of living for God is not easy. It's not for the faint at heart. Amen? You got to be rough and you got to be tough. Amen? Some of the hardest words in the Bible came out of Jesus' mouth itself. He called them a generation of vipers and all that. We need that sometimes. God needs to just jerk a knot in my hind end sometimes. Sorry for that expression. Amen. But I'm all right with him correcting me. I'm all right with pastor correcting me. If I'm out of line, somebody please tell me I'm out of line. I'm all right with that. You know, the problem is today we look in society. Don't you tell my kid nothing. Don't you tell them. Don't you correct them. You correct me all day. Because I want to be right with God. Because that's above all else, that's all that matters. And that's the same attitude we should have. It's all right to protect your kids. It's all right to do that. Amen. But understand, a little rod of correction isn't going to hurt nobody every now and then. Amen. If it's going to get my reality and my focus back on what the, where it needs to be, then by all means, whack me upside my head. Take me out behind the tool shed. You know, have me go cut a switch. I'm all right with that. Amen. I'm human. Amen. See, he recognized the simple laws of attrition indicated that if he spent his inordinate amount of time in the fellowship of those that were detrimental to his spiritual life, amen, before long he would cause him to drift away from God as well. This is about making it to heaven. Amen. This is about doing our time here on earth and crossing that shore. Amen. So he was careful. He had friendships in this world, but if but not a friendship with the world. Does that make sense? Amen. He had friendships in this world, but not a friendship with the world. See, this is the area where we must guard our hearts very, very deeply. Amen. There's nothing wrong with friendships. You can't win someone that you're not willing to befriend. Amen. But the other side of that coin is that you must recognize the danger of developing close ties with someone that doesn't respect the things of God. Amen. That's why when it comes to family business, two hours and I'm out. You know, because after two hours, especially if you're associating at a picnic or something like that, the pop and the top and all that, and I know I got a two-hour period before they get stupid. Amen. And they start getting flipped with their mouth and doing things, and Lord knows what all happens. You know. So God is good. That's why we need to separate ourselves, folks. Don't be associated with that. It's detrimental to you. Amen. See, the other side of that coin is you must recognize the dangers of developing those close ties with someone that doesn't respect God. You can put yourself in dangerous places. The wise man may have had friends in this world, but he refused to stand in the ways of sinners. I'm not going to live according to that life. I came out of that life. Most of you came out of that life. Why would you return to that life? Amen. Blessed for those who have been born and raised in this, have not left this and, and stayed, stayed true to this. But not all of us was born into this. Amen. It took some of us going through trials and tests and, and tasting the things of this world before we tasted the things of God and the light 
the blindness fell off our eyes, you know, to understand this. Amen. And so thankful that God is faithful and that he keeps running after me. Amen. That he never left me, never forsaken me. Amen. He's always there. Amen. Thank God for somebody that prays over you and for you, Lord, you know, to keep you. You know, they're posting heads of protection. Lord knows where I'd be if it wasn't for prayer. Not my prayers, but the prayers of others. Amen. And that's what it's all about. Amen. And finally, the third thing is he refused to sit in the seat of the scornful. Scornful is translated from the Hebrew word which relates to those who carry on as scoffers or make a mockery. The context implies that the psalmist is referencing those who make mockery of the things of God. That's why after two hours you need to get, get lost. <laughs> Separate yourself. Amen. There's undoubtedly a progression that takes place in verse 1. As the blessed man first refuses the counsel of the ungodly, then refuses the fellowship of the rebellious, and now refuses the company of those who mock God. He refused to sit in the seat of the scornful. He, he would not tolerate those who delight in making fun of spiritual things. Amen. While standing in the way of sinners might slowly draw you away from the presence of God, he recognized that sitting in the seat of the scornful, laughing with those that mock the things of God, will make him just as guilty as they were. Amen? Sometimes those little off-color jokes you need to separate from. Amen? Some of those conversations that you're sitting around, you need to separate from. Amen? Either that or have a voice and say, well, you know what? On the flip side, God says this. Let me tell you what God did for me this week. You know, share a testimony. Put some light upon it, you know, to, in that little darkness that they're having. Amen. There is no longer guilt by association to join in their sneers towards God is to incur the same wrath of God that, you have, that they have incurred. Amen. If, if they're doing it and I'm staying around, I'm not saying nothing. You know, and I'm not fleeing temptation. I'm just as guilty. Amen. I'm, I might as well be a partaker. See, these are the three things that the blessed man refused to do. He walked, he walked not in the counsel of the ungodly. He stood not in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But two positive qualities that he did have, however, was a life defined by more than just things that he did not do. The next verse lists two things that the blessed man did do. Amen. His greatest delight was knowing and doing the will of God. Amen. That's the greatest thing we could do. It's just not be hearers of the word, but be doers also. Amen. Giving ourselves over to God's word. Heeding to it. Amen. He rejoiced in the precious promises of God. He recognized that the grace of God that stands behind, amen, the laws of God. Amen. God's never going to do nothing that's going to hurt you. It's always going to be there to benefit you and to better you. Amen. I get tickled, and I say this all the time. You know, when I hear people say, well, you know, God took this from me or God took that from me. God never took anything from me. Amen. I willingly gave it up. He took away the desires for the things of this world. Amen. If he took anything, it was the desires away. Because it's easy for somebody to say, hey, look, you need to quit doing this and you quit doing that. Amen. And, oh, if you're going to work here, you're going to have to do that. You know, there's no smoking on the premise. I'm going to use this. You know, there's no smoking on the premises. 
So you do everything you can for eight hours. As soon as you get out of the parking lot, you're good. Amen? But when somebody forces you to give up something, you always go back to it. Amen? But when you give it up willingly, amen, when you separate from it willingly, when you do things willingly, that desire stays gone. Because it's something you settled within your heart. It's something that you settled within you. Amen. By searching the word and understanding the word and understanding, okay, I'm giving this up because of this is the blessedness that comes. Amen. He understood that God has withheld no good thing from him. As a result, he knew that the laws of God were there for his own protection. Recognizing that truth, he delighted in the laws of God. So often we strain against the restraints of God's laws. Amen. Like a dog in a fence, we seek every means possible to escape that fence. Amen. The dog doesn't understand that the fence is there for their own protection. There's certain boundaries that are put in place for our protection. Amen. So don't fight against them. Don't kick against them. You know, we drove by. If you go down West Milltown Bridge, thank God for banks. Amen. But the, the water's up above the banks. What would life be if we had no boundaries, that there, there was no rivers without banks? It would be total, total chaos, destruction, everything destroyed. We need boundaries in our lives. Amen. We need speed limits. I just recently had somebody tell me that yield signs, stop signs, and red lights and all that were just a suggestion. It's not law. I'm like, okay. I'm glad you believe that. Now, what are you going to do when the policeman pulls you over? Then you're going to be fussing because it was a suggestion. That's not a real law. Well, I beg to, beg to differ with you. You know, if the speed limit's 55, you go 55. They'll give you five. You can go 60. You know, but you always have, we always, you're always going to be that person that wants to push the limits. Everything's just a suggestion. God's laws are written. Amen. And he says, if you love me, keep my commandments. Amen. You hold on to those laws. Several times throughout Scripture, we see where God says, if you keep my statutes, if you do this, if you do that, we look at Solomon, we look at all the people, look at the blessed life they had because they submitted and surrendered themselves to God. That's why he's, Jesus told us to deny ourselves, pick up our cross, and follow him. Amen. It's following him on a daily basis, digging into that word, understanding that this word is food for my life. Amen. It leads me and it guides me. It keeps me on that straight and narrow path. Amen. God's laws and commandments were designed to protect us. Everything that God has given us is for our good, and everything and anything that God has withheld from you is bad for you. Amen. The boundaries are there for a reason. Amen. There's a reason why his signs say hot surface, don't touch. You'll get bit. You know, beware of dog, he's vicious. Well, I'm going to go over and play ball with him. You know, next thing you know, you're ripped apart and full of stitches. Amen, and getting rabies shots. But there was a boundary. And if you would listen to the boundary and paid attention to the boundary or heeded to the boundary, you wouldn't be in that situation. So many times we get in situations and we're upset and mad because we didn't do what God told us to do. Amen. I hope it's all right for this morning. Amen. The blessed man realized this and instead of fighting against the laws of God, he embraced them. Amen. Embrace them. 
They're better for me. I'm a better person because I yield to God. Amen? Usually when I got a bad attitude, it's because I'm not, I've not got too lazy that morning, didn't read or didn't pray, man. I'm halfway through the day, man. I'm just having a bad moment. You've got to have that relationship. It balances everything out. It's that firm foundation. So the second thing he did is he meditated on the law of God day and night. Amen. This means that he gave the truth of God his serious consideration. He mauled it over in his mind throughout the day in order that its meaning might saturate his whole being. Amen. Recognize the importance of God's laws and recognizing the powers of God's words. He made it a major point to focus in his life on the things of God instead of the things of the world. Amen. I can tell you enough how important it is that you seek the counsel of the word of God in your life on a regular basis. Amen. Every time these doors open, you need to be here. Amen. Whether it's a prayer meeting, whether it's a uh, uh, VBS or if it's a, a youth service or something, any time, chance you get to get the word of God at whatever level it is, you need to, you need to be there. Amen. The greatest thing you need though is you need to read that word. You need to pray over that word. Amen. You need to hear the preached words. You need to fast. You need to build that relationship. Amen. With the Lord. It's what's going to keep you steady on this course. Amen. It's what helps build that foundation. Without that foundation, we have to check the foundation on a daily basis. Is there cracks? Amen. Just had these rain. You know how many basements flooded? There's something wrong with the foundation. Amen. Get the foundation fixed. But it's in times of storm. Sometimes it, things like that creep in and we find out, hey, look, I got a weak spot here. Boy, I need to work on that. You know, but that comes about because we have a relationship with the Lord and he points things out. He reveals things. He'll show you in a dream. He'll send somebody to tell you, you know, something just gets revealed. I couldn't tell you enough how important, again, how it is to have that relationship with the Lord. Amen. You need it on a regular basis. Amen. It needs to be a habit of reading and meditating on the Word of God every day of your life. He meditated on the Word of God day and night. He slept, drank it, ate it, whatever he had to do, it was part of his presence. It was his sole focus. Now, here's the great thing about the Word of God. It applies in our everyday life. It gives us counsel for what we have to do on the job. It gives us counsel in our relationships with co-workers, loved ones, and all that. It's a beneficial, it is the living word of God. And it applies in every aspect of our life. Amen. It ain't just something we read and we pray about just for on Sunday, Wednesdays, or whenever we're having a service. It is an every day. For in him we live and move and have our very being. It is our lifeline. It is the bread of life. It's what sustains us. It's what keeps us going. It's this relationship. Amen. And nothing else matters but that relationship with God. It's what's going to get us from here to there. Amen. It's what's going to carry us on that daily basis. Amen. And too often we hear people talk about my interpretation, your interpretation. I'll tell you what, there's only one interpretation. To hear, O Israel, Lord, our God is one Lord. Amen. There's only one interpretation of repentance, being baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of sins and being filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. This word may minister to you in different ways, but there's only one interpretation. Amen. And it is the truth. It is the word of God. Amen. 
If, if, if something leads you, if, to, if you're looking after the plan of salvation that leads you to John 3.16, I'm happy for you. Because you do need to believe that God is manifested in the flesh. Amen. But it needs to take you to Acts 2.38, to a place of repentance, a baptism in His name, and being filled with the Holy Ghost. That's the plan of salvation. It's non-negotiable. Amen. When the Spirit was poured out on the day of Pentecost, doctrine is not negotiable. Amen. Amen. This word is non-negotiable. It is forever settled. Amen. And it is our foundation. It's what we live upon. It's what we stand upon. Amen. And they continued steadfast in the apostles' doctrine. Amen. Living it every day. Amen. Fellowshipping. Being with people of precious like faith, challenging each other. Hey, man, let me tell you about this testimony. I read this today, man. What did you find out when you read this, study this, this word, this scripture? You, you, we troubleshoot each other. Amen. Remember, my wife tells a story about Brother Pasley up at camp. She worked camp up there. He was a Bible quizzer. We got Bible quizzing. I'm thinking about maybe we need to take on the challenge of what Brother Pasley did to his campers. He had little, little flashcards, and every time one they came around, he quizzed them. He flashed them. Call you up in the middle of the night, hey man, what's Psalms 118? You know, we need to challenge each other. Hey man, we need to challenge our young people. Hey man, we need to challenge ourselves with the Word of God. Hey Amen. Not being self-righteous, not beating each other up, but being there to encourage each other. See, this is an everyday life. Amen. The roadmap to spiritual failure. Check this out. And such as, as much as the psalmist gives us a roadmap, amen, to the spiritual success, he also provides us a glimpse into the roadmap of spiritual failure. I'm trying to hurry up. I didn't realize it's so late. While the psalmist does not describe specifically the roadmap to spiritual failure, we can infer that the spirit of the psalm, that the ungodly man was just the opposite of the blessed man. He would, be, he, he would have rejected the law of God the guiding principle for his life. Amen. He directed his life on the basis of the counsel of the ungodly. Amen. He consistently based his decisions on the worldview, which is contrary to the word of God. He did not hesitate to tarry in the way of sinners. Amen. He cultivated a, a friendship with the world, a friendship that the scripture says is enmity or hatred against God. He sat in the seat of the scornful. He mocked the church. He made fun of it. Amen. Is it possible that the addiction of, uh, to laughing with them, he joined his voice with theirs? Amen. He was engaged in mocking the things of God. The godly man is pictured as a, rem as a, as a remainder of the psalm as an evergreen tree planted by the rivers of water. He is a picture of vitality and prosperity. The blessed man is fruitful. He doesn't wither in the midst of trials. Amen. Everything he does prospers. He's a permanent fixture planted alongside a river of blessings. The ungodly man, however, discovers that instead of standing secure like a tree that is planted by the rivers of water, he is blown and about like the shaft, amen, when the storms of life blow upon him. He can't stand the test of time. He has no roots that are dug down into a firm foundation. He stands as long as there's no trial and testing, but the storms of adversity comes and he discovers that his life is empty, insecure, and helpless. 
He is blown about by the storm and abuses, abused by life's troubles and concerns. He has no fruit. He has no vitality. And there's no stability in his life. And ultimately, his life ends in failure. Amen. Having heard those words, depart from me, you worker of iniquity. Psalms 1, 5 through 6 says, Therefore the ungodly shall stand in the judgment, nor the sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. If you'll stand with me, I'll close. Each of us this morning would be wise to compare our choices with the choices of the men described in this psalm. We should earnestly seek to, imi to Im imitate the example of the blessed man in order to escape the destiny of the ungodly man. Everyone wants to know how to live the blessed life, how to be like the tree planted by the rivers of living water. The psalmist has told us exactly what it takes. And Jesus in his Sermon on the Mount takes that example and gives it a particular application that tells us exactly what the blessed life is really like. It is not a life without storms. We're going to have storms. Rather, it is a life that can stand the test of time because it is built upon a solid foundation of the Word of God. Because we've lived a life according to the Word of God, separated from the things of this world. There are five things you need to be intentional about. First is don't walk in the counsel of the ungodly. Think about that this, this morning and how it might apply to your life. Second is don't stand in the way of sinners. This is the progression of walking in the counsel of the ungodly. Third, don't sit in the seat of the scornful. Again, this is what happens when you stand in the ways of sinners. Amen. Their ways become your ways. Amen. And you begin to mock and you begin to, to have hard feelings towards the church and the people of the church. Amen. The fourth thing is delight in the law of God. Amen. Delight in it because this is what protects us. This is our source of truth. This is what gives it meaning and direction to our lives. Amen. It's the word of God. Stand in the laws. Delight in the laws of the Lord. Amen. It's not a bad thing. They're there to protect us. They're what keeps us on that straight and narrow path. And the fifth thing is meditate on the word of God day and night. Again, this is the fountain from which blessings flow. Meditating upon the word. You, won't, you must learn to delight in, in his word and not delight in the world. Amen. It was John Owen who observed that a person's spiritual vitality is expressed in their appetite for scripture. He was sent to observe if you have no appetite for the word of God, then your spiritual health is a state of decline. Candy is very addictive. Amen. We all like candy. We all like sweets. Amen. But it's also bad for you. Amen. There's a lot of things in life that look like it may be good for you. And it may taste good. But it's bad for you. Do you spend more time? Amen. Do you spend more time chasing after the candies of this world? worldly entertainment, the things of this world than you do on the Word of God. Amen. Ask yourself that. Observe yourself. If so, then it's time to make a change. 
The foundation of a blessed life is found in delighting in the Word of God. Amen? It's about having that relationship with God, yielding ourselves to Him, wholly, fully, withholding nothing, surrendering to God. Amen? I want to have a blessed life. I want to live a blessed life. I looked up one definition of it as I looked to see what blessed meant. And it meant living a life for the kingdom of God. Being kingdom minded is a blessed life. Keeping our mind on the word of God. Separating from the things of this world. Guarding ourselves and our friendships. Amen. And, and, and those around us. And encouraging each other. Amen. They're going to play something softly. If you want to, I encourage you to come to the altar this morning. Check yourself. All right, man. Does the things of this world have more of an effect on you than the things that the Word of God does? Amen. If we can, let's find a place. Let's cry out to God and ask God to build us up where we're weak and maintain us where we're strong this morning. Amen. Lord, just touch us, Lord. Just minister to us, Lord. Reveal to us, Lord, as we, we come to you, Lord Jesus. This morning, Lord, we humble ourselves here, your people, which are called by your name, Lord Jesus. Asking, Lord, for you to search and to cleanse us, Lord, from the top of our heads to the soles of our feet, Lord. Let us see where we stand with you, Lord Jesus. Reveal ourselves, Lord. We don't want to be fake or phony, Lord. We want to be a man or a woman, Lord, after your own heart, just as David, Lord. We want to have a testimony, Lord, that we walk with you, Lord Jesus, that we died out to the things of this world, Lord. Yes, Lord, you are the center of it all, Lord.